Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I couldn't be more excited to be with you today. So if you're here week after week and you're a loyal listener of the podcast, I just want to give a shout out to you and say thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here week after week. If I could ask a great big favor, so wherever you're listening to this podcast, please hit subscribe. And also, if you could take just a few minutes out and leave a review, it really helps us with the ratings, and I would really be grateful. So thank you for showing up week after week. And if you do show up week after week, you will know I am passionate about the program that I have co-created with Lori Tab, my business partner, my friend, and my co-coach for the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. If you're not familiar with it, you can go to www.womenleadingpowerfully.com and you can get all of the details on that website. And I also encourage you, schedule a free coaching call with me. During that call, we'll go over any questions you may have. And we're also going to talk about your aspirations for the future and what you're really hoping to achieve at the end of 12 weeks. And we will put together an action plan for you and then joining the program will make it happen. So today I'm honored to have Joan Caraggio here today. She's one of our founding members from our very first cohort of the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. And Joan shares so much wisdom in this episode, not only about her personal experience going through the Leadership Lab, but just her own personal experience in life. So I wanna share a little bit about Joan before we dive into the episode. First and foremost, Joan is a mom. She has a teenage daughter. And I really invite you to listen in to the end of the episode where Joan has this profound moment that her daughter actually teaches her. Secondly, Joan has an extensive background of being a strategic brand expert in experiential marketing. She has over 25 years of experience working for companies such as Netflix, Universal Studios, Toyota, the Riveter, and Saatchi and Saatchi. And one of the things that Joan shares on this episode that I really want you to think about in your life is, are you a farmer or are you an astronaut? And you might be surprised that maybe you've been doing a lot of farming and maybe, like Joan says, you might need to be developing a flight path to being an astronaut a little more often in your life. So let's dive in as Joan talks about her experience going through our 12-week group coaching program called the Leadership Lab. And if at the end of this episode, you are inspired and you want a little bit of what Joan has and you want the clarity, the confidence, and the path forward to make it all happen, then go to the show notes and schedule your complimentary call with me so we can talk about it. We have two groups enrolling in January and we would love for you to be a part of it. So let's have that conversation. Get ready to be inspired as we dive in with one of our founding members of the Leadership Lab, Joan Caraggio. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations 
that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Joan, I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Natalie. Of course, of course. So we are going to dive in. Um, Obviously, we're going to get to know you a little bit, and we're going to talk about your experience in the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. But first, I really want my audience to get to know you, a little bit about your background. So if you could just share with us a little bit about who you are and maybe your career history, and um, we'll go from there. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, So I am a mom of a 16-year-old daughter. And um, I've been in California for many, many years. And um, I grew up in Arizona. And after college, I started my career in event planning and production and spent a lot of years um, producing events. Um, And when I first came to LA, I worked on the back lot at Universal. And so I got to, you know, produce a lot of really exciting award shows and events and things like that. And from there, I was actually had the opportunity to go to a, an agency. Um, I've worked, I spent many years, almost 20 years um, on the agency side, working for large brands, including Toyota. Um, and I worked at Saatchi and Saatchi and ran Toyota's experiential marketing team uh, for 13 years, which was an incredible experience because I think that's really where I fell in love with so, you know, so much of live events and uh, partnerships because, um, it was such a unique position because it was an opportunity to drop into so many interesting sort of microcosms and communities. So we had programming across such a broad landscape of passion points like music and uh, action sports and social justice and, you know, outdoors and that sort of thing. And so one, you know, one weekend I could be at Lollapalooza and then the next weekend I could be uh, bass fishing in Arkansas or something, you know, I mean, I, it <laughs> right. was the most interesting, you know, uh, career uh, point for me on so many levels, because I love what happens when people come together live in events. And, you know, you, you create this little community, and there's this energy exchange that is so compelling to me. And so as part of that, you know, we developed a lot of strategic partnerships um, with other brands and nonprofits and organizations. And so I, I sort of shifted my perspective and my my career into developing a lot of strategic partnerships. And I, you know, I loved my team there. It was awesome. They were, they were incredible. But I got to a point where, you know, I felt like I had, maybe I wasn't learning what I could anymore. And mm-hmm. I had this opportunity. It was the hardest decision I think I've ever made because I love my people so much. Um, yeah. And, uh, and went to Netflix for a year, which was an incredible experience. It was so such an adventure. Uh, you went all over the world um, and it was wonderful, except really at that point, what I realized is that I, you know, my life and my family situation really kind of needed my attention. My daughter was going into high school and I realized that as, as exciting as it was, it just wasn't a fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, you know, a hard decision to leave something like that. But um, I went off on my own, did, did consulting for a year and, um, and ended up at uh, an incredible startup called The Riveter, which, uh, which I had uh, been doing a, a consulting um, opportunity for a project and came on as the VP of partnerships there which was a wonderful startup that supported women in business. So um, we had co-working spaces and a lot of really great content and uh, social action for women's issues, which is really, you know, important to me, Mm -hmm. the intersection of motherhood and work. 
uh, equal pay, diversity and inclusion, all of those issues that face women every day. Um, and that was, you know, it was great. We had great trajectory there. Um, but then COVID hit and reality set in. And so unfortunately, as a startup, there, there was, we took a big hit with uh, closing co-working spaces and that sort of thing. And, um, and so that, you know, so I've been doing a lot of different things. I have another whole side project. So it's been a really interesting career for me. Yeah. And no, and I re I remember when we first met, um, on our kickoff call for leadership lab, I remember you talking about your career history and I thought, wow, it's so you've done so many cool things. And for those that maybe don't know what experiential marketing is, you know, kind of back to your Toyota days. Yeah. Um, and I know you're, you know, in, at different events, but can you kind of talk about what that means? Because um, there's so many cool, yeah. I, I always think that's, you know, in college, they don't talk to you about all these really cool jobs that are out there and you just don't know what you don't know. So I would love it if you would just kind of maybe touch on that. Yeah, true. I, I know it's um it's really true. And now that I have a you know a younger like a teenager, I, I appreciate like in when I was there, I would always give everybody's um kids inner like informational interviews yeah. because we happen to be in one of those situations where people really were interested in what we did. And I always felt like, you know, it's true, you you don't hear a lot of these these in college sometimes. Um so really it's about being looking at the sort of the DNA of the brand and the products that are launching um, and aligning, you know, finding, finding those, whether it's consumers, um, you know, fans, what have you. So for Toyota, as an example, if we were launching a new Prius and the, you know, really we were looking at it as a perfect car for um, young women who are into uh, art and that sort of thing, we would go think about like, okay, where is she in the real world? How will we, you know, how can we bring an interesting experience in real life, uh, you know, outside of advertising and that sort of thing? Like, how do we, how do we create a relationship with, with that person um, on behalf of Toyota in a way that is meaningful and that, you know, that they'll think of us as, as an option, mm -hmm. um, as a product and also uh, philanthropic efforts, you know, how are we aligning, you know, what's the DNA of the brand and, and, you know, how are we arriving out there in the world, right? Like now more than ever, people are really looking at the voice of the brands that they, that they spend money on. And so I, you know, I think in, in what I've been doing for years is really all more, you know, important now people are really looking mm -hmm. to spend their dollars with um, with companies and organizations that align with their values more than ever before, I think. I think that our current events have really showed that. And so, um, you, you know, build, experiential marketing is really all about building real life in-person experiences and, and digital experiences for people that are, that to kind of align, uh, you know, the brand or the organization. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. I yeah. appreciate that. And, you know, so, You've had this colorful background with some amazing companies. I mean, some of the best in the business. Um, and, you know, you have this shift where all of a sudden you realize that, yeah. you know, while you're at Netflix, one of the, you know, biggest companies in the world, right? And in right. entertainment. And all of a sudden you're like, well, hey, this doesn't really align with my values. You go to Riveter, which completely aligns with your values. I'm on their mailing list. I have attended yeah, some of their events. And um, oh, yeah, no. And 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really want to plug the Riveter because um, it is such a great organization and exactly what you're talking about. It's just, you know, really about helping women 
you know, find that work-life balance and, and empowerment mm-hmm. and the intersection of social justice and diversity and inclusion, everything you're saying. It's just such a, a purpose-led, amazing organization. So I just want to yeah. give a shout out uh, to the Riveter. Thank and, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so, you know, you're kind of at this crossroads personally. Yeah. Um, and then how did you find out about the Leadership Lab? So I met Lori Tab through a friend and just really more, you know, I, I, I've really been fortunate in my life. I've had some really incredible female friends in business, you know, um, across business and beside and, and personal. But one of my friends, it was really just one of those, you know, who you should know, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you, you know, you, you totally appreciate that when it happens to you. And when you're the one who is able to connect people like that, it makes you so happy. Right. Yeah. And we just immediately hit it off. And I just, I loved who she was and what she was, you know, just kind of getting to know her. And she mentioned that she, you and her were starting this uh, leadership lab. And I think at the time for me, what I was seeking out of it, you know, like why it struck me so, so, you know, so strongly was that I was really at a point where I was, you know, working hard, doing my thing and thinking like, where is my net? What do, what do I really want to do at this point in my life? Right? Like I've got this, this experience, but where do I want to take it? And it was in, it was right after COVID started. It was, you know, or April into May. And, um, I think for me, it was such an incredible opportunity to make the commitment to myself to carve out time, which Mm. I am not good at. Yeah. And I think a lot of women struggle with, right? Like, you know, you know, you need to go do this thing and focus and, you know, spend quiet time on what you need. But it's really easy. Uh, I've always said I'm my own worst client, right? Like, <laughs> I, am, I can blow me off till, all day long, you know, I can make excuses. So yeah. but if but if I would committed to something and a group, I felt like I would really do it, you know, and I would be the one who benefited. And you'd show so, up. Yeah, yeah, I would show up. So you have this conversation with Lori and, and you're like, you know, just like so many women, right? Even when it comes to simple things like going for a walk, working out, you know, trying to eat during a really busy work day. I mean, we so often put ourselves last. And so I love that you said, you know what, I'm going to take the time. First of all, I'm going to carve out the time for myself and I'm going to invest in myself in this experience um, for the next 12 weeks. And for those who don't know, which... I don't know if any of my listeners haven't listened to my other podcast episodes. I know we've been talking about the Leadership Lab because I'm so passionate about this work. Lori and I are so passionate about this work. It's a 12-week group coaching program for women. And there's really three pillars to the program. So the first pillar, and it's not exactly broken up into four-week increments, but basically the, the first pillar of the program is all around building your self-awareness. The second pillar of the program is all around getting clarity on your life purpose, what you want next, those next steps. And then the third pillar is all around action. And it's, you know, where the rubber meets the road and right. and putting it all into action. And and then there's accountability, right, in between. So so I would love for you to share with the audience um, what was your experience, you know, kind of coming into the leadership lab. And I would love for you just to share, you know, kind of what you got out of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, my goal was sort of to make space in my life to focus on what I wanted in the next step for me. And 
I found, I think I found, I felt a bit rocked by some of my experiences over the last couple of years because I've had, you know, I went from very, a very stable environment job for years, building, you know, teams and things like that to really leaping out of the plane and making some changes and then finding like as, as exciting as those changes were, they weren't right for me, change again, change again. And just that, you know, just that sort of, you know, instability, if I want to call it that, was just felt like, where am I? You know, like, oh, you know, what am I doing here? And so um, I feel like for me, it was so important to take the time to figure out um, what I needed. And so I, I used to have this, I, I had this boss years ago that used to um, talk about farmers and astronauts is the way that he would put it. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard this theory, no, but like, you know, you, so, you know, most days we're farmers, right? Like we are, we are doing our thing. We're planting the seeds of crops that we know are going to grow. If we do, if we work hard at it and we, you know, we do the thing that we do every day. And, but sometimes you have to, you know, and your focus is, is very right in front of you, what's mm-hmm. happening today. And, and, um, but sometimes you have to step back and look up and become an astronaut. You know, you have to make time to look up and think about, you know, what are the, what are the bigger things that I want? What, like what's out there? What's next? What's so whether that's in business or personally, and it was really, I kept going back to that. And I think what I was hoping was to hopefully create a flight plan for myself you know, as, the, as the astronaut a little bit of this to you know, to kind of talk through and hear from other women and, um, and kind of, you know, focus on, on some quiet writing and purposeful thinking about myself and my next moves and my next flight path. If that's the analogy, you know? Okay. I absolutely love, I've never heard that before and no? I absolutely love it because, um, I mean, just to share a little bit about my personal story, that's exactly where I got stuck is I was literally farming. And I never took the time. Right. I never. And and I always say, I wish I would have known to hire a coach early on in my career because Mm -hmm. I wish I would have had someone kind of lift my head up and, and look out because, and I love the, the visual of an astronaut because literally it's like so big picture and it's also limitless possibilities. Right. And I just wish I would have had someone that would have, challenged me and kind of opened up my mindset and my blinders to Mm -hmm. look at different options because I always had this rub of I knew I was doing a good job in my career and I knew I was a high performer and all of that and it and I worked for a good company I worked with great people some of the best brands in the world right and but it just never felt right and it never felt fulfilling And I always knew that I was meant for something different, something more, something, but I never knew what it was. And I didn't know if I was ever going to find it and blah, blah, blah. But it's because I literally never, it wasn't until my 25th year in business, my husband asked me this pivotal question of what do you want to do in your next chapter that I finally somewhat became, I wouldn't even say an astronaut, but like maybe a pilot. You know, yeah, like I well, at least eye contact with the world, right? Like, <laughs> right, like part I, of it, right? right. You, you don't even make eye contact with the world and see like what's out there. Uh, you know, I mean, I think to your point, one of the things that was a like sort of an indicator for me is, you know, how there are certain things in your personality that, um, in your 
success story or the things that help you thrive that you look at yourself and you go, yeah, I like that about me, you know? And for me in particular, those were a couple things. It was, I tend to have a sense of humor. Like I go through life and I think people in live events have always have really good senses of humor because quite frankly, shit happens, you know? And so you're, you're out there and you have to you know, make lemonade out of lemons all the time. And sometimes it doesn't work. Right. You know what I mean? You just right. have to, you know, you have to have a good sense of humor. It's a survival skill. Yeah. And yeah. I would say it's a thriving skill for me. And um, that and sort of a sense of curiosity about, you know, about people, about situations, about opportunities in business, what have you. And I had lost that. Like I couldn't, mm. I couldn't, you know, I was so sort of, you know, working hard to save a, you know, save a struggling startup, um, focusing on uh, issues with COVID and family and everything else that I had sort of lost the things that I think are, are some of the best things about me. And I couldn't get them back. I could not find them and sort of calibrate myself again. And um, I think for me, that was one of the big things in motivation to say, whatever this is going to be, I'm going to go into it and invest what I need to invest. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do the work on, you know, that, that is assigned to me. I'm going to be honest when I show up, even if that is a crappy, you know, like, you know, a uh, day or what have you and just see what happens because I have to, I have to make some change. I have to make a ripple, you know, and, and make some change. And I think that I got so much more out of it than I ever anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I would say, you know, to anybody listening is, I think what you captured so well in, in um, launching this is, number one, I love the fact that the women were not necessarily in the same uh, type of industries or professions or anything like that. And somehow, that was that was a really big benefit because people were you know we were all coming from different standpoints and it was so enlightening and people were so willing to you know be real and show up and um and there was plenty of days like uh, you know on those monday calls where someone would inevitably say i am struggling i have had a rough week i have had a i'm so unsure of this decision i made or i you know i can't make a decision and it really was um very profound because you don't get that opportunity so often you know and the work really set up those conversations in a way that um kind of provides you a an action plan you know which i loved that I could go back and change that and relook at it. I have something like a home base to go back to in the work that I did. And that is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, I would say like, if you, you have to be willing to put the, the work in, you have to say you're going to do it for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and when you do, you get much more and different elements out of it than I think that you might think going into it. Yeah. So Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. you you touched on a really important aspect of the program that is so important to Lori and I, because what we were noticing in our private practices, so for those of you listening that don't know, so I, I co-created this program with Lori Tab, who owns Shift Effect. I own Core Creation Coaching. We came together to collaborate 
um, to build this program together. Uh, we met through the International Coaching Federation, became fast friends. And then what we were noticing, we, we also kind of became accountability partners to each other because we both came from big teams working in corporate and being solopreneurs was, you know, kind of lonely most days. And we just kind of became the, those accountability partners to each other. And we were sharing best practices and what we were noticing in our private practices with women that women were really hungry for community. And, oh. and, and by the way, we launched, you were a founding member of the program and it launched in June. So just literally a couple of months after COVID had started. And I think we were all feeling isolated and I think women needed community more than ever and they still do. I firmly believe that. But what was so beautiful about the whole thing is that just seeing women come together to form these bonds and what they were looking for was something outside of work. Because I know a lot of people have people that they speak to at work, mentors, sponsors, advocates, friends at work. But you can't always be 100% real because you know that maybe that person's going to tell someone else or or if you're super honest with your boss, then there's going to be potential judgment there. You can't say, look, I'm fearful of taking the next step because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know if I have the skills. I don't know if I need more training. I mean, it's really hard to be that vulnerable at work. And then you have- I've been through a hundred of those (laughs) in my lifetime, right? And it is all always really hard in a work setting. They're helpful, but I wouldn't say they're where the real deep work happens. Yeah. And right. I, and I'm by no means saying that people shouldn't have those people at work because you absolutely yeah. should. It's yeah. just not a space where most of us feel comfortable being a hundred percent real and authentic. Right. And then you have your friends, which your friends love you. They're going to be your cheerleaders. They're going to support you. They're going to, you know, do what, Ever you want to do, right? They're going to just be by your side and support you in that. And we really felt like there was this need for this really objective space for women to come together, to, to be real t- in a safe environment, to be supportive of one another, and to really dive in and dig deep into their struggles, their challenges, and also in a supportive environment to have a an action plan moving forward. So I'm so I would love for you just to kind of talk a little bit more about what you experienced from a community perspective. I kind of set it up in terms of why we did it, but I would love for you to share the connection that you felt to the community. Yeah. Um that would be great. Sure. In the leadership lab, I what I received was this incredible connection with women who were invested in each other in a way that you don't often feel. I mean, all of these women are busy, uh, you know, at work, families, COVID, you know, dealing with all sorts of things in their life, I, I guess just as I am. But it, it, you know, it really felt great to, to invest in each other's success. And by success, I think I mean, you know, them getting out of the experience what they really want to get out of it. Because, you know, we had different people, uh, you know, ages that were different, career trajectories that were different, their challenges that were different, but everybody came there 
with something in mind that they wanted to get out of it. And I think that, that everyone was really invested in trying to help make sure that you got that. And um, I was really impressed with how the different members held each other to that, which isn't always easy, right? And isn't, isn't your, it's, you know, giving people feedback is, you know, um, at a one place I worked, we used to look at it like, look, look, it's an investment in you. I'm giving you feedback because I care about your success and I want you to, you know, I, I want to give you that feedback. It's sort of a gift. I know that sounds silly, but it, it, you know, but when you start to think about it, it's a lot easier not to say anything right. to anybody, right? right. Rather right. than you or Lori or somebody else saying, you know, you say that that's what you want. Is it really? Tell me why. You know, why do you think that? Is it, is it something that you're carrying along with you because you've, you know, you've referenced this other thing since childhood? Is that really what you want? Or is it, is it something you just keep holding on to because it serves you in some way? And I mean, I, I was really impressed and appreciated the fact that, that whether it was on the smaller pod calls or, you know, the larger calls, that people really had real conversation and were listening, you know, which I think is, you know, what everybody really wants to feel, whether you're, you know, if I think about the people who are great leaders um, or friends or anything else, you know, you, they help. They make people feel seen and heard. And that's what you felt. That's what I felt here and uh, watched it happen across the group many times. And, um, and that's incredible. I mean, that's, you know, that doesn't happen to your point very often. You have good friends that you wouldn't give up for the world, but they're always kind of going to cheer you on. They may not be as objective or they might know too much, quite frankly. Yeah. And this was a this was a good opportunity for people to say to kind of hold you to things that you've said in a in a great way, not a you know not a negative way, but a a way that uh, made you work a, a little harder at it. And that was that was great. Perfect. No, thank you, Joan, for sharing that. Um, uh, Lori and I always say <laughs> that, like I said, we we kind of provided a framework for you guys in curriculum and and uh, structure. But what you guys created, and now the second group, and now this third group that are coming online right now, um, what you guys created is is more than we imagined. You know, just we had hopes and dreams for it to be really something supportive, but you guys blew it out of the water. I mean, you it just it, the the magic. I mean, that's all that's all I can describe it as yeah. is just pure magic of women coming together, like you said, from all different backgrounds, all different industries, different levels in their careers, different ages, different uh, racial and ethnic backgrounds. And just, and we purposely did that. Lori and I are very, Lori and I are very careful to curate the groups of women. You know, we're not out advertising on Facebook, you know, just to anyone who wants to sign up. I mean, that's just not what this program is about. It's about carefully curating people that uh, women that are supportive of each other and and want to learn and grow and develop themselves. So um, I'm super, I, I'm just, I, I love, I mean, obviously I have such a heart for your group because you are our founding members and it was our first experience. Thank and you. I'm just, I was so happy to be on that journey with all of you guys. Um, so you got into the program for kind of some clarity around what was next for you, as well as, you know, 
kind of reigniting this authentic self. Right. Well, at the end of 12 weeks, could you kind of explain what you got out of it and where you're at now? Yeah, I think um, I came out of it with a sort of a construct, like an organizing principle that I can go back to, which for me, I think is so important. You know, I think if I if I had to kind of uh, call down my life philosophy into like one line, it's, it's that reality is fluid. It You know, I've always worked and lived in environments where reality changes a lot. And I think I, I like that. That's, I mean, clearly I like that because I'm attracted to it. And I, you know, I, I go back to that. And so I love having the framework to go back and relook at, you know, what are my values now in this moment in time, um, which could be different than it was a year ago or nine months ago. And so then what am I going to do with those? And like, I have a whole sort of action plan on that I can reiterate over and over again. And that to me is so valuable. I think that was a big part of what I was missing before um, at that point in my life. And, um, and since then, actually, for me, I've, you know, I really am looking to, I'm adding some, some things to my sort of, you know, repertoire of skills. I, uh, I just got a certification from Pepperdine in corporate social responsibility because it's a really nice overlay and it's a passion for, for, of mine. I see the world going that way and I, I see organizations needing that type of insight and that type of perspective on the world. And so um, I, that was one thing that I was, I was happy to go, you know, kind of do and kind of had, got some clarity around as a, um, for myself. And I, you know, I've just been involved in more creative opportunities. Um, I, we, I'm a partner in a program in New Orleans. Um, it's a pop-up experience called Jamnola, um, which stands for Joy Art Music um, New Orleans. And it's this incredible um, experience with 21 different artists that are local and really supports the cultural economy. And in New Orleans, we have been working on this. Um, I, this was like a whole side project I had for over a year that was supposed to open in April. And of course, it did not open in April. Um, and, uh, and we were able to open safely in August and it's been this incredible reception in New Orleans for us. And so it's been a phenomenal opportunity to, um, exercise a lot of my creativity as well in, you know, in working with some of the artistic installations and, um, the partnerships for this and the community element. And I just got back from a cross country road trip where I, you know, where I went to go visit and, and do some work there. So I think that for me, it's kind of, you know, it's recentered me on a lot of levels and it's kind of helped me open up and make eye contact with the world again and uh, on a different way and, and be curious again, right? Like um, those, are, those are important things to me and it, it feels, you know, it feels hopeful. It feels, it feels happy and, you know, there's, there's good things happening out there, uh, even with the state of the world. There are good things happening and we can create good things. So. Yeah. And even as I hear you sharing that, Joan, it's, you know, you're so lit up and, you know, what you're talking about with the Jamnola and Pepperdine experience and everything that you're doing moving forward. What I really see is that you really have gotten back in touch with what's important to you, what lights you up. And that light seems so bright right now. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels that way. I, you know, and then I think that just the world just became so heavy all at once. It just came crashing down. And um, between, 
you know, like family things with my daughter being struggling. She had her whole world kind of dissolve at 16 and, you know, just work challenges and everything else. I just think I was, um, you know, I, this avalanche of everything came down and I lost, I couldn't find my way out of it for, for a minute. And, um, this really, this really helped me, uh, you know, feel differently about the landscape, about the world, even about the political landscape, (laughs) you know? So, um, so I think it's, uh, it's been great for me. Well, and what I love about what you're also saying, which so many of uh, us women get caught up in this trap of, I'm too busy to invest in myself. I'm too busy to invest the time or the money. It's not a good time. So I just want to like wipe that out of the, the mindset because literally, you know, things were on the brink with the Riveter. I mean, you were struggling Mm -hmm. with the job because, because of COVID and because of the change there. And here we have a global pandemic and you still made a decision in the midst of all of that to really step back and say, now is the time. Now is the time to invest in myself. It is the time to carve out my time for myself because if I don't, I'm literally going to just stay on this, on this path. That's going to, and I'm going to end up burned out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that as women, we, and as moms, you know, in families, we are very pragmatic about, you know, keeping things in order and getting things done and, you know, and being efficient and that sort of thing. And it's such a trap because, um, you know, we, you have, we have to invest in ourselves in a way. Like I really one day, um, was having a conversation with my daughter and I don't know about you, but I like, I have these moments of clarity and they're usually very, they come in very quiet times. They're not, you know, they're not big firework moments. They're very small moments. And, you know, my daughter was saying, Oh, it's okay, mom. I don't, I don't need you to do that. I know you're really busy. I know that, you know, you seem tired. You seem, you know, like, I know I see you working till late at night, that sort of thing. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, like, what example am I giving my daughter as a woman going out into the world that I'm not worth, that she's not worth investing in herself? No, like, as women, we have to, and as moms, you know, we have to sort of, you know, be an example, uh, you know, of, of, like, what it means to, you know, nourish yourself in the right ways and, you know, and, and invest in yourself. And it was really pretty, that was kind of a profound moment for me, I think. I couldn't have explained it any better because I, I've, I've felt the same thing. I've seen the same thing with my two daughters and it is, it's kind of those moments where you kind of step back and like, what am I role modeling? Am Am I role modeling that I'm always last? Am I role modeling that being tired and exhausted and worn out and too busy for your kids is the right thing. No, you know? uh, no, <laughs> I know. Right. I, I, I know. It seems so simple when you say it out loud, but it's not easy to do. No, you know, but, um, but it is, it is very true. Like you, you think about what you're kind of, you know, modeling in general. And, you know, I had over the past couple of years, the other thing I'd say is I've had pretty honest conversations with my daughter. Like I I think a lot of times you, you know, we tend to say, everything's fine, babe. Everything's good. We're good. But your kids are not stupid. They see that you're struggling. You're just not talking to them about it. So 
you know, in the absence of dialogue, you know, I, uh, my friends used to say monologues grow, right? That, that space is going to be filled with something. So your kids are sitting there filling it with whatever they think it's about rather than, so I started being more honest with my daughter about things. I'm like, yeah, I'm struggling, struggling with this, you know, that and the other thing I'm getting through it. It's going to be okay, but here's what I'm struggling with. And now I have to do some of the things I always tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Like, did I ask all the questions I needed to? Did I ask for help? Did I, you know, all the things that you, it's really easy to say as a parent, it is not so easy to do Yeah. as a, you know, as an adult Yeah. and as a mom. And it was really, it's, I think it's the best thing that I could have done because she's, she kind of sees the arc now as well. She's like, I'm so glad that you, you know, you did that leadership lab. You know, it, it, you, I see a difference in you already. I'm glad that you're writing. I'm glad that you're, you know, thinking about what you want to do because oh, it shows. And my, I mean, that was. I know. Man, my heart really is so full right me, now. Right? Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling it as you're talking about it because I have the same philosophy and it took me a while to get there, but I have the same thing about, you know, um, I don't want to just play the highlight reel for my kids. No. Because you're right. They're super intuitive. They're way smarter than we give them credit for. And we're actually doing them a disservice by not having those honest conversations because then they're looking at us saying, oh, well, when mom's struggling, like she doesn't talk about it. Right. She doesn't, you know. And neither should I. Or like, right. oh, my mom never had this problem. Like, yeah, she did. She just didn't talk to you about it. Exactly. You know, like, I mean, so. My, right. My mom was Wonder Woman. My mom could handle mm-hmm. everything. And now I'm an right. adult trying to manage kids in a career. And all of a sudden, like, why could my mom I handle everything? It. But now I can't. Yes. We're, we set unrealistic expectations for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now I love what Not you share. Fair. So, so Joan, obviously it was a pleasure having you in the program. You You were such a bright light in the group and I learned, that's the privilege as coaches is while we're on this journey with you, you know, I've learned so much from each of the women and, and, and as well from you in the program as, as you being a part of this community. And so I'm curious, what would you say to someone that's listening right now that says, you know, wow, Joan had this amazing experience, not maybe sure if it's right for me. What would you say to her? If you're considering being part of the leadership lab, I have talked to some good friends of mine about it because I am that much of a, you know, advocate for it. Um, And I'm not really necessarily a big joiner of things. I, 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 you know, I, I, to be perfectly honest, but I, this was very different for me. I feel like you will get out of it um, the work that you put into it, but you have to, you have to like look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up honestly, and I'm going to do the work. And by work, I mean, you know, the reading, the writing, the sort of self-examination that comes with it, because all of that is pivotal in getting what you want out of it. So make the investment of time and energy and focus for yourself, because it can be a serious game changer. It gives you a, a great framework that you can go back to many times without being a specific philosophy. In other words, it's, you know, it's not, you know, a Tony Robbins experience. That's not what it is. You're creating what you want out of it. Um, you all are providing the great framework and the curation of the group, which is such an important part of it to, to make it meaningful. So if you're willing to show up and be real and be honest, um, it's a great investment of time and money. Oh, Joan, thank you so much. And 
as we kind of end our time together today, I'm curious if you could share with my audience, what are you celebrating now on the other side of the, of the leadership lab? And what are you, what are you celebrating in life and, and, uh, yeah. for yourself? Um, I think I'm celebrating the, you know, the opening, like I was m- mentioning of Jamnola, that was a big project. It took a lot of, you know, reworking and rethinking and, um, and creating something being there was so incredible because, um, I think that, you know, New Orleans has been hit so hard on so many levels and, um, and we created this experience that people could actually come to that's, that is, uh, through COVID is safe. It's not gathering. It's, it's kind of a, a tour experience with really great art and to kind of stand at the other end and hear people come out and say, this is incredible. Thank you to, from New Orleans. Like, you know, it's kind of a love letter to the city and it's, um, and people feel it in a way that, you know, um, there's lots of giving back to artists and musicians and, um, part of the proceeds go to different organizations there. And it just, I'm really proud of it because, um, it, you know, this time has kind of been this strange, moment of grace in, um, in how it all works and how the city has embraced it. And it's been pretty wonderful. So I'm pretty, I'm very proud of it. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm proud of my, my partners and it's been great. That's incredible. It's been a great ray of light. Yeah, all. no, it's yeah. incredible. And, um, definitely go look it up online. It's, uh, com. So oh, thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in New Orleans, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> You'll come down and see it. I know. It's one of the cities. I, we we talked briefly before we started the interview. And um, it's one of the cities I haven't been to. And I really I want to get to for sure. So, Very you know, nice. Joan, as you, as you talk about what lights you up, it's so much about community. It's about energy of a group and an experience, providing an experience for other people. And I just want to say what you give is exactly what we all get from you um, because it's just so much a part of who you are. I love your sense of humor. I've loved having you as a founding member of the Leadership Lab. Like I said, you added such light and levity and energy to our group. And I'm so, so grateful that you took the time today to talk to my audience about your experience. And it was just really a pleasure having you in the group. So thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's been a game changer for me. And I so appreciate it everything that you put into it. You and Lori do a phenomenal job. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, have a great weekend. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.